0: Hey, it's Monica Hershaft. Welcome to Facebook Live. I'm sorry, we're running a little late. I was shooting another podcast to launch my new holistic health program. And um, now I want to tell you that the person who's coming to join today for Facebook Live is one of my favorite people. And what she does is so important because she helps people with emotional eating. And I know you probably think, I don't have a problem with emotional eating, Most people don't think they do, and I want to give you a couple of examples. When I was uh, working with my patients in my practice, a lot of times they would start doing the program, and they would start doing the nutrition properly, and it was fantastic, and they were getting well, and then all of a sudden, they would take a nosedive, and they would start drinking alcohol, and eating sugar, and cupcakes, and pizza, (laughs) and I would see them at their next visit and they would give me their food log and I would be looking at the food log and I would say well oh, uh, what happened here <laughs> and you know there's this weird psychological thing that happens when you are doing things for yourself to make yourself healthy and to feel good sometimes these little weird sabotages happen and so Trisha specializes in that Trisha Nelson who's my guest today This is her area of expertise. And so for those of you out there who you try certain food programs and, you know, maybe you can't get a diagnosis, so you're looking for solutions and you're trying to follow a paleo diet or a keto diet or a vegan diet or whatever it is, and you find you're sabotaging it and you don't know why. This is emotional eating. And so this is what Trisha is going to talk about today. She had lost 50 pounds just by figuring out, identifying, and healing her emotional eating. The underlying causes got addressed, and that is the secret of what All Holistic is, right? This is basically what we do. We look at the underlying causes and address it. She has spent nearly 30 years researching the hidden causes of an addictive personality. And so it's not necessarily that you are addicted if you're sabotaging yourself, but there's a trigger. There's a switch that goes off. And so because Trisha's an expert in emotional eating, and she has this amazing book, it's a number one bestselling book called Heal Your Hunger. That's also the name of her program and her podcast show. And um, she is highly regarded as a speaker in this field, and she's been featured on NBC, CBS, KTLA, Fox, and Discovery Health. She knows what she's talking about, and this is her area. She can help you with this. So let's welcome Trisha. I'm just going to invite her to join And Trisha, just accept us so you can help us get our triggers handled for our emotional eating. Welcome, Trisha Greaves Nelson. It says that she's getting added, so hopefully she's seeing it and she's coming on with us. (laughs) And Trisha and I met not that long ago at a conference. I don't know if she's having trouble joining. Oh, there she is. (laughs) And uh, we met at a conference and... um, uh, that I was going to be uh, hosting, as many of you know, and she was going to um, potentially be one of the speakers, and we just hit it off. And um, you know, so much of what she does is in alignment with what I do, and so that's why I wanted to bring her on board, because so much of what Getting Your Health Back is about is related to nutrition. So if you find you're getting triggered and making you know these crazy food choices, and you're like, why am I doing this? I can't seem to control it. That's what Trisha's for. Welcome, Trisha.
1: Thank you, Monica. So good to see you and, you
0: and good to be here. <laughs> so, Trisha, tell us about your journey because everyone has a story. How did it lead you into doing the work that you do with all of the emotional eating uh, triggers and and healing that?
1: Yeah, so this started uh, way back when, and I think I was an emotional eater from the get-go. I mean, I love to eat. I love to cook food. I love to uh, prepare it. I love to uh, feed it to other people. Serve it. <laughs> it. You know, like all these different things having to do with food. I just loved it, and uh, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I just thought I liked food. And the little problem was that I gained weight very easily. So mm-hmm. I started putting on weight as a kid. I was a chubby kid. My girlfriend's uh, mom used to call me butterball and Holy holy oh. and, oh. and I had a teacher. I had a teacher at school. Get this: you call me jiggles. Isn't that nice? So, that is and, so and inappropriate. I, I know, and I didn't know why. He, he liked the, like, he didn't, like, he liked that it. it wasn't really clear what he was talking about. Of course, I, I thought he was talking about my weight, and whatever he was talking about, it was inappropriate. But um, but anyway, um, it was just really mortifying to me to be overweight To be fatter than my friends to have a I used to had a big big roll in my tummy that I'd scrunch up and I'd want to uh like cut it off like I imagined having like surgery on myself because I'm like well it's all fat maybe I can just cut it off I can cut the fat off the side of a steak or something and and I thought about getting a disease where um I would automatically lose weight or joining the army and they'd you know, force me to exercise at boot camp Mm because I need to exercise. So, you know, some pretty out there thoughts about what to do about my weight. And um, it didn't occur to me that I was an emotional eater. I just thought I like food, you know, and I have a weight problem. But finally, um, I started to put the two together and realized that, you know, my relationship with food was not normal. I mean, I had friends, you know, I'd go to out to, uh, to eat with friends and they'd have like a sandwich for fries and they'd eat their sandwich and pick up their fries, but I'd eat my fries and pick up my sandwich. And I kept thinking <laughs> there's something different about my relationship with food. And so, um, it, of course there was, and I was an emotional eater that I, that's what I came to find out. And, you know, I had this dependence on food for emotional reasons. And, you know, once I knew that, that was part of the puzzle, but then stopping it was a whole nother, you know, ball of wax. And um, I tried many different things. I, I, you know, first did the diet route. That's where you start. And then you do pills and potions and lotions. And, and then you do like, start doing a more psychological things. I went to 12 step programs and I went to Therapy. I had an eating disorders therapist, so I was like giving it a really good college try, you know. And nothing I tried worked for me for any length of time, and I was so frustrated because I'd yo-yo. You know, I'd lose Mm -hmm. like thirty pounds, I'd put twenty back on, I'd lose five. I like there's one year that I one summer. I remember I fluctuated between 150 and 145 the entire Uh summer and I was trying really hard, you know? And it's like, I just couldn't get a handle on my weight and I really hated it. And so what happened for me is I met somebody who was able to show me that my problem had nothing to do with food you know, food was a symptom of something much deeper. And that's really what where things started to turn around for me. Is I started to treat the source, if you will, and, and really deal with those underlying causes because that was really the problem is that I had so many emotions that needed to be addressed and ways of being that needed to be changed. And when I started to do that, everything changed for me. And so that was about 30 years ago. So I've been on this path of helping people for Literally 30 years now. And more recently, you know, I've written a best selling book and I have a program online and have been really taking this message to the world thanks to the internet and really helping more people get the help they need with this really annoying and like persistent problem that most people miss. Like most people miss it and overlook it. You know, people in the health uh, field, especially, is like, you know, they're looking for the science, the, you know, the the blood work, all these things. Um, You know, which are important when you're dealing with diseases, but uh, the emotional eating ties it all together. You know, when we're eating crappy foods, when we're reacting from stress and we're putting foods in our body that are exacerbating our illnesses, you know, we've got to get that under control. Otherwise, we can't ever really heal.
0: Yes, that's a very good point. And and to speak to our demographic, because we don't really talk about weight loss in our demographic. It's more about just the health. We don't, um, in fact, I won't even work with clients that are coming in to lose weight because I just want the focus to be about health and, you know, for people who can't get a diagnosis. And sometimes one of those symptoms is having trouble losing weight. And, you know, so it's important because- in order to recover their health, what the work I would do with people would be to get them on a paleo diet. And you've seen, because you've eaten with me so many times, that I practice what I preach and I eat in a certain way. And it's interesting because over the years I would see you know, a patient would be doing great with the food. And then all of a sudden they would go off the rails and I'm like, what happened? What, where's <laughs> you know, eating all of a sudden yeah. and things they know are bad, but they can't seem to stop themselves. So that's an emotional issue. And that's a trigger when you're trying to heal and get well, and you know that what you're doing is hurting you and talk a little bit about where that comes from. So how does somebody know if they're an emotional eater and what are some of the signs of that?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. It, it, you know, it it's funny because so many people, you know, because of what I do, people are always telling me their story. And yeah. so I hear a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hear people say, like, oh yeah, I mean, they're they're very overweight, and they'll say, oh, I'm not an emotional eater, but they think that they have to be a binger to be an emotional eater, and that's not the case at all. I mean, sometimes people are very, you know, they eat pretty clean. Um, they're not binging. They're not eating you know, ding dongs, you know, and, and Cheetos and yet they are emotional eaters and it really comes down to, you know, what you're using the food for. Is it strictly nourishment or is it giving you entertainment value? Is it comfort? Social aspect. Yeah, energy. I mean there's a lot of things we use food and I don't mean regular food. I mean we the quick fix of, you know, I'm tired in the afternoon, I'm gonna grab a snack. You know, sure. a lot of that is is emotionally based. And so I actually have a quiz, which tells people exactly where they are. I consider it a spectrum, Monica, like uh-huh. like we're all emotional eaters. Like we, we have to enjoy food, otherwise we wouldn't eat it. And it would not, you know, it, it, we wouldn't subsist as a planet. And so yeah. I really consider that we're all emotional eaters. It's just a matter of where we are on the emotional eating spectrum. And on the low end is emotional eating. On the high end is food addiction, like all out addict. That was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so somebody can take that quiz and really get a personalized score and find out where they are on that spectrum. And that makes a huge difference. And then there's action steps based on that. Um, But some, you know, rest assured we're somewhere on that, you know, somebody might just overeat or overindulge once in a while, you know, they get a really good cake, they, you know, they serve, they take two pieces or whatever, you know, or they're feeling kind of down, they eat a, you know, pine ice cream or part of a pine and, you know we all do it but it's a matter of what the consequences are um you know for me i couldn't stop so the ability to stop you know or pull, pull back it has something to do with you know whether somebody's really addicted or not um also that you know what it's doing to them is it, are they gaining weight or is it affecting their job their mobility well and in kids, our case health it's really come- a health thing here yeah yeah you no know, and then that, that's the truth i mean it's there's some serious consequences to eating you know, unhealthy foods. And you know, when we're younger, we get away with it, but it does catch up.
0: Yeah, let me clarify. So the demographic that we work with here, it's a direct effect because people are dealing with inflammatory issues. And so everyone that I work with is dealing with chronic illness and symptoms that are interfering with their daily life. So we're really speaking to what that emotional eating can do in terms of damage to your healing process or your recovery process. And so So, um, there's an autoimmune response that's going on that gets triggered when you do instinctively, addictively go for something that you know is actually going to hurt your body.
1: Well, and unfortunately, the foods that we're most allergic to, that we have the most inflammatory reaction to, are usually the ones we're most addicted to. Like, I'm not quite sure how that works, but, you know, it's been over, the, you know, proven time and time again that, you know, the foods that our, our doctors are like, whoa, this is really a, a no food for you. It, so much of the time, that becomes the one we want. And sometimes just the nature of being told no can trigger that desire to have it as well. Like, Like, I can eat. If a doctor said to me, you can eat anything but green beans, guess what I'm going to want? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that, that can be a problem as well. But yeah, there's so, oh my gosh, so many physical consequences to unhealthy eating. And, you know, people just really need to know that, you know, the more consequences that you have and the less ability you have to just do an about face and eat the healthy foods only, you know, that's where the emotional eating comes into play.
0: Yeah. Well, um, is there more to emotional eating than eating too much or eating for emotional reasons in addition to the health aspect of it?
1: Absolutely. And this is going to be interesting because it ties in with our health as well. And, you know, um, in my book, I talk about the anatomy, the, and, and in my programs, the anatomy of the emotional eater. And these are 24 personality traits that really make up the, in that the emotional eaters personality. So mm-hmm. it's not just a too much, you know. There's an actual like type that uh, that most eaters are, and it really uh, is com- composed of these different personality traits. And I'll give you an example of one. I'd say the top one for emotional eaters is people pleasing. Mm. And so, yeah, emotionally, and this of course directly affects our health and our immunity, and stress, and depression, anxiety, the all things. I, I so many physical consequences. But people pleasing is one of those elusive things because it seems like we're doing it for other people. But emotional eaters uh, typically are people who have trauma in their past. Um, you know, they, they, don't ha- they don't build the healthy sense of self that other people do who have, you know, a, a healthy childhood, which I'm not sure there's anybody who has that. But uh, <laughs> you know, the, more, the more trauma, um, the, the less self-esteem, okay, mm-hmm. and the less, you know, foundational tools to deal with stress and with, you know, life. And what happens is, is we become dependent on outside stimuli, especially approval and credit and atta girls. you know, we live for these things because mm-hmm. these fill us, right? Yeah. They fill us only temporarily, but they do give us a sense of mm-hmm. worth and we chase that. But the problem is when we're people pleasers, we're really looking for that sense of fulfillment and, and validation. But we kill ourselves to get it so we're saying yes mm. to things we shouldn't be saying yes to you know we're, we're taking on other people's jobs at work we're doing our kids homework you know we're way overextending ourselves so what happens is we're like burned out right yeah. because we're doing way too much it's so typical you know overeaters are overdoers and we're always doing too much um, and then not only are we burned out and tired and exhausted but we're kind of pissed off because we're not getting the approval that we hoped to get. Like in our mind, it's like you know the fanfare and the the you know the 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 trumpets you know are gonna sound, uh-huh. and nobody really notices. Like we break our we like, break our back and nobody really cares. So we're not only exhausted, but we're also resentful. And resentment uh-huh. is another issue for emotional eaters and and as a cause of disease as well, as you know. So so what happens is that's a perfect prescription for a binge. We go home. like well nobody else you know appreciates me or rewards me for my efforts i'm gonna reward Mm -hmm. me and we have the i deserve it binge yeah right you know we never binge on salads let's face it you know (laughs) so so that's that's an example though of a personality trait that's actually creating our emotional eating so it's not just when i'm sitting there faced with a pastry what do i do it's really how am i operating in life like what how how is my personality creating my cravings? You know, mm. and I think this is really good news because if I am really the the creator of the cravings, like they aren't just happening to me, like I'm not just being struck <laughs> with the desire. To to do this you know, yeah. if I'm creating it, I can uncreate it, and mm-hmm. I can start setting boundaries on my time. Mm-hmm. I can start saying no. I can start realizing that the payoff. Of breaking my back for other people and other people's approval, is not worth it. It's not worth the cost of disease and illness and stress, you know, and exhaustion and energy depletion. And when I decide it's not worth it, I can make new choices, and then I don't have that same compulsion with food that I do when I'm running around doing for everybody.
0: Yeah. That, that totally makes sense. Um, now, but how would you tell somebody how how would they differentiate between emotional eating versus physically eating and for you know fuel? Well, yeah,
1: and and it's kind of tricky. You know, hung My business is called Heal Your Hunger, mm-hmm. and hunger fascinates me because emotional. Sometimes hunger, thinking you're
0: hunger hungry and what you yeah
1: yeah it can. It can so mimic physical hunger, like they yeah. feel the same. And I've been doing this for thirty years, and I still get tricked by it. Like I'm still like, <laughs> you know, I, I have these conversations. Am I hungry? Like, I don't know. Yeah, don't, I'm like, oh, I'm I so, mean, talking myself. I'll be like, I'm so hungry, and I'm like, really? Am I? Like, are you really hungry? So, so the best way to sometimes you're thirsty. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Got to drink some, some water. <laughs> And that is the truth. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's amazing how thirst can mask itself as hunger yeah, as well. That does three happen. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, so many people are know, dehydrated. No question. It makes us hungry because we want, we need yeah. liquid, basically. But I say the best way to differentiate between the two, this is what's worked best for me and thousands of the other people I've taught this to. It's something I call free meal magic. And that's eating three meals a day with nothing in between, which is by far- That's what I do. Yes, it's the most. I mean, is the the most kind to your digestive system. Yeah. But emotionally, it's the easiest if somebody has emotional eating tendencies because this whole idea of eating several small meals a day. First of all, we don't do that. And good luck with that. Well, no kidding, right? (laughs) Like, like it sounds good when you're a dietitian and you tell somebody to do that. Like, it it sort of gets it off their plate. But if you're an emotional eater, it doesn't work because first of all. You're eating regular meals and then having snacks, so it's not like you get, like cut your meals in half and just mm-hmm. eat them six times a day. Mm-hmm. No, that, that rarely happens. Like we eat, like we normally eat, and then we add snacks to it, which is how we gain weight and it sneaks up on us, you know. But also, when we have space between our meals, like when we have just three meals, and it's it's not as easy as it sounds. Like it it sounds like oh yeah, I can do that. We'll try it, you know, because you'll be tempted to snack throughout the day. But the good news is, is if you stick to three meals a day, you will feel hungry. Like there will be hunger between your meals, you know, and not not terrible hunger, but just normal hunger um, that comes, you know, it gets increased, you know, in, it increases as you get closer to your next meal. But what's so instructive and, and useful for, about that hunger is it will inform you what your real feelings are. And when we're numbed out by snacking all day long, we don't know what our feelings are. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, people, and I, as I was talking earlier, I don't think I finished that thought about people who say, well, I don't binge, so I'm not an emotional eater. You know, when we're snacking, even if we're not binging, that's for emotional reasons, like we don't want to feel. And so we want to stay somewhat anesthetized throughout the day, and that's what snacks do for us. People who don't even snack, they might be drawn to uh, carbs, you know, heavy foods like potatoes instead of broccoli. You know or they're eating bananas instead of apples or, or you know, or blueberries or something. It's like the foods we're drawing to can mm. anesthetize our feelings as well. So, you don't need to be a binger to be an emotional eater. But, my point about eating, uh, not eating between meals is that that hunger will help you learn why you're eating. Like, people are like, Oh, I'm not a multi eater. Well, stop eating all the time and find out if that's really true. Like, chances are you're gonna be like, Like, where's the food? Like, what what can I dig into? Like, open up the refrigerator, close the refrigerator, open up the refrigerator. You know, that's all emotionally driven because we're so used to nibbling and snacking and not feeling. And that's really what's underneath that is that we just don't want to feel uncomfortable feelings, you know. And so when we're numbed out on food, we don't. So the three meals is super helpful because, like, if I'm hungry at 10 a.m. and I eat breakfast at 8 that's when I can talk to myself and say, "Now, Trisha, you're not really hungry because you ate two hours ago. You had a good, healthy breakfast. Of course, your three meals need to be healthy—good fats, good protein, you know, good vegetables, um, and and some fruit." But the point is that we don't really do, do know, fruit here. <laughs> no
0: fruit. I don't eat.
1: I don't either, So I don't yeah. Just
0: because like the meat. people that we're working with, we don't want to feed the pathogens any sugars while they're repairing their I'm gut. All for it.
1: Yeah. I'm not Some mm-hmm. people freak out about eating vegetables during the day, but I mean like for breakfast, but it sounds like you've trained people pretty well. <laughs>
0: so. But you know, um, the thing is, I think the point that you made also, and this is important, and I noticed this, you know, even in myself because my schedule's busy, is that one of the things if you don't do if you're not doing three meals, because I always instruct my people to do three meals, a lot of people, when they first start seeing me are, are skipping breakfast and things like that. And I'm like, no. Um, because yeah. first of all, your body's been repairing as you're sleeping at night. So it's really important that you immediately put reparative foods in your system when you wake up to deal with all of the stuff that was dumping while you were sleeping. And then the other issue is if you let yourself get too hungry, then you won't eat appropriately. You'll overeat because you are so hungry that you'll overcompensate. And that's very dangerous as well.
1: Well, and emotional eaters take the cake on this. Sorry about the little pun there, but um, (laughs) you know, we always, emotional eaters, Or are always trying to game the system. You know, I'm speaking from personal experience here. Yeah, yeah. And and I didn't mention early on that I was 50 pounds overweight. So this all, everything I share comes from my personal experience and from my experience. But, you know, we skip meals because we think, you know, conventional wisdom would have it that we would lose weight if we skip meals. But just for the same, you know, reason you're talking about is we do compensate and we end up eating more than we would if we just had three healthy meals, you know, and so yes. it's that diet mentality and that that game, you know, hack the system, game the system mentality that most eaters have because we've been struggling with our weight for so long, mm-hmm. you know, that we want to get it off fast, you know, and even though we're like, oh, I know diets don't work or I know fast don't work or whatever, you know we're still like, "Oh, but maybe I can like maybe I'll work this time, and so you know the the tortoise always wins, you know, and just the slow and steady eating three meals, nothing in between you know yeah your body act and dealing with your stress, that's always gonna help you win in the long yeah, time.
0: and to bring it back to health because we don't focus on weight loss here it's it's also for when you're eating a paleo diet that's for repairing your health issues and your autoimmune condition. It's the same concept. You know, it's not even about, um, a, no, it's, it's really, yeah, health. it's, it's, you can yeah. still, it still comes from that place of making that mistake or, or going for something because you didn't plan ahead. Cause I think it's so important to plan ahead and have that structured place. That's why I do meal delivery services because otherwise I sometimes will grab something because I don't have time to deal with it and then I just get frustrated and angry. But if I have the meal delivery in place, that's sort of how I deal with it. And then I always know that my meals are taken care of. You know what I mean?
1: Totally. Yeah. You got and you and if you do want to cook for yourself, you gotta have your refrigerator stocked. I mean, I'm making the trip to the farmers market every Sunday to make yeah. sure
0: and exactly. they have delivery services, too. They have farmer's market deliveries. They've got uh, healthy grocery deliveries. There's so many ways in this day and age to make sure your needs are being met in a healthy way, which is lucky.
1: Totally. Yeah. And if you cannot have the, the, the bad foods in your fridge, all the better. I, I do feel yeah. for people who have families who insist on buying crap, you know, even when Oh, no I know. It's hard. That's a hard one. So, but what
0: would you say there are, there are people could do to, I forgot how to speak English. What would you say people can do to avoid the temptation of health, unhealthy foods? And so what, do you have like a few tips for people for that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really important. I mean, first of all, like you've mentioned that the sh- like no sugar, like sugar is so highly addictive that if I eat it, I do crave it. Like I'm a sugar addict. And so, um, you know, so much of the time people are trying to, uh, and I know it's harsh, but you're dealing with illness you're trying to get over. So, you know, it takes drastic measures and, and, you know, I find that none is better than some. So so much of the time yeah. people are trying to eat a little bit of sugar and sugar is so highly addictive that you can't do it. Like it's, it's actually harder to eat some sugar than no sugar. And so I just say, don't <laughs> tell yourself that you can like, just. Try or moderate moderation is such a, you know, it's really a, a, a myth. And in my experience, if so many struggles with overeating. Yeah. It's really so much better to eat none than some, you know, and also I always refer to the just one theory, you know, like I'm going to eat one rarely is that going to happen either. And so it's so much easier to say no than, than to try to moderate. So that's certainly something. Yeah.
0: Well, and the other thing too, I want to mention, um, you know, for any of Trisha's people that are watching us as well, when you crave sugars or any type of dairy um, and those types of products, that's actually not you that's craving them. I mean, that means that you have bugs that want you to eat that because that stuff feeds bacteria, that stuff feeds fungus, and that stuff feeds parasites so why would you want to feed them? You want to starve them and kill them. So that's another thing to think about. If you make that choice and you eat something with sugar or dairy or something that's a bad food like that, you're actually feeding them and they grow like chia pets. So it's like you're going, here, enjoy. Welcome to my home. And right. you don't want to do that. You want to be like,
1: no, get out. I'm not feeding you. Ah.
0: you know. So if you right. think about it like that too, that can really help you to say no.
1: Yeah, the Chia Pats, that's a really good visual, Monica.
0: I like that. Well, I'm so happy that that you're here. Is there any final tips that you could give to our people uh, to help them with their emotional eating?
1: Yeah, I just want to mention, I sort of want to do a reframe. You know, Yes. So much of the time when we talk about not eating sugar or, or you know, cutting fruit out or, or, you know, these things that can be hard for people to do. Yeah. Um, so much of the time, at least, you know, I hear it a lot. They're like, well, I don't want to deprive myself. So we're using that deprive word. Yeah. And I really reframe this. You know, I did a podcast on this one time. You know, is it deprivation or freedom, you know? And the fact is that- Being
0: good to your body.
1: Yeah, and when I'm trying mm-hmm. to eat these things, when it's hard, when it's setting up a craving and I'm trying to resist, that's a lot of work. When I'm obsessing about it, yeah, that's it, a lot of work. And so instead of thinking, oh, I'm depriving myself, think of mm-hmm. the gift I'm giving myself by eliminating all that, ch- that mind-shattering. So, focusing on
0: the end goal, struggle. yeah.
1: Totally. It's really about mm-hmm. self-care, not self-control. And the mm-hmm. self-care is so, so important. And really, the more self-care we have in our day which will help alleviate our stress, the easier it will be to say no to things. And I always recommend people start the day out with a morning, you know, meditation. I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir because I'm I've already doing <laughs> this, but just as a reminder, you know, when we set our day up yeah. um, to connect with spirit, to, to connect to our higher self, then mm-hmm. we can draw yeah. on that. throughout setting the day. your intention. Yeah. Normally, like we're so stressed out and we haven't made, we haven't established that connection Mm -hmm. with our real true selves. And so, you know, when we're stressed (laughs) and pushed to the max, we're reaching for food for that, that source of energy. And when you're, Mm -hmm. when you set it up throughout the day, um, you can draw on that instead of those, uh, unhealthy foods for quick energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really good advice. Thank you so much for that, Trisha. And you guys, if you go to healyourhunger.com, she's got a free quiz there. So healyourhunger.com slash free quiz. Then you can figure out where you stand on the spectrum and see what type you are. And that'll help you to get the resources you need to break some of those destructive triggers and um, responses, you know, because I know you want to eat well for your health. I know you want to do it right. And sometimes, and I've noticed it'll, it'll get triggered when someone's starting to actually get well. And then all of a sudden they start to sabotage. So, you know, you can take a look at that and and really get some resources because she really knows what she's talking about. Thank you so much, Trisha, for joining today.
1: So good to be here. Thanks for your wonderful work. I'm so excited about the things you're up to and your book and and just, you know, really getting your message out because it's so aligned with mine. Really treat the source, you know, don't deal with the symptom, deal with the underlying causes. And that's the way to really heal.
0: Yeah. Thank you. From your lips to everyone's ears. (laughs) Thanks and have a great day, everybody. And check out Trisha's website and her quiz and her book. Okay. Bye.